Last time on Almost Heroes. Episode 11, Heart of the Underdog. It started off with Cosmo going into battle with Sigrid, and after kind of a grueling battle, Cosmo was able to defeat Sigrid, and kind of whether he meant to or whether he didn't mean to, ended it by actually killing her. That led to the mines to tell Joro and the rest of the refugees that they were essentially free to go to the surface uh, that following morning. Obviously, Joro was happy about it, but also he let them know that there had been left this bag of holding uh, that was full to the brim of these explosives before they even made it toward through the gate. Cosmo was incapacitated by some sort of psychic attack. Rangram's hand started burning, and then Glynn, kind of looking past them, saw all of these monstrous creatures, forms, and eyes over towards Gate 1, just in the Underdark. So that brings us to episode 14, Escalation. event i don't remember if you mentioned on the stream that took place at the end of the episode that i don't think you brought up which was we gained a level Mm. oh yes of course yeah thank thank the lord yes (laughs) awesome Uh, so yeah as you can see uh there is this that spectral form that Rangram has encountered before, the one that actually put the hand on this, the eye symbol onto Rangram's hand, um, has appeared. It seems like Rangram is the only one that can see them right now, though he's dealing with this hand issue. And the creatures with these almost like Zerg like, with these long, sharp, bladed hands, have kind of started crawling through the torn open or, or blasted open, uh, essentially destroyed gate one, um, and are now coming into the uh, the opening between gate one and gate two, uh, where the refugees are all at. Um, and as this is happening there, the refugees are all seeing this and are just kind of starting to react with panic and are, are, are moving and like grabbing things and moving their way uh, back towards uh, gate two, which is to the right-hand side here on this map. Um, and though they can't get through the gate, they're just trying to put as much space as possible to eat between them uh, and the Ooh. these nasty creatures. Who can't get through the gate? Uh, well, you haven't, I guess at this point, you haven't yet told them that they have permission to go through. You had told the refugees originally oh, that okay. they, you were going to wait for the morning. Uh, then they were going to be able to pass. Okay. Um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. They're they're essentially at this point just trying to put space between themselves and that and those monsters. So you had walked out and you were talking to Joro, uh, Glenn, and then Cosmo just like grabs his head and literally falls to the ground. Um, and Rangrim grabs his hand and it's just like you can see like this light shining through the wrap that's on his hand. And he's kind of looking. He's like just you hear him cry out. And as you look past Rangrim towards the uh, into the Underdark, essentially. That's when you see all those monsters. Gotcha. So Gloom will uh, make his way to Cosmo, who just, like, more or less dropped and kind of shoved her out of the way and kind of smack him in the cheek, not really aware of what's coming and just grab him by the shoulders. Come on, man. You gotta get the hell up. We gotta get the hell out of here, man. And just, like, just shake To Cosmo? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cosmo, make me a uh, intelligence saving throw. That is a 15. That does not do it. So you are still like, essentially what is happening in your head right now is it's it's almost looping. It's, you are going through this, this loop of where you are battling these creatures that um, 
you as a player, uh, Cosmo wouldn't recognize yet because he hasn't actually seen them yet, but you as a player would recognize them as these same creatures that are that are crawling out of the Underdark right now. You are mm. alongside all these other dwarves, you're fighting them, and then you're going through this, uh, the same thing where a mind flayer walks out of the uh, of the darkness with this like eye symbol on his hand and literally makes a hand pulling motion and the roof collapses and kills everyone and you're covered and destroyed by rocks and you're looping this and mm -hmm. it's just like this constant loop of pain um, that's happening and, and something about it feels familiar but something about it also feels wrong and that's kind of what's happening to you right now but as as you grab him Glenn and you're shaking him like his face is just like contorted in this just agony of pain and he's not responsive. Uh, like as I'm kind of shaking him, I'm looking at Rangrim, like, Rangrim, can you do anything about this? And I'm like still shaking Cosmo. I think Rangrim would still just be staring at his hand. Yeah, your your hand, it's um the the bright light that was shining from it is kind of starting to uh dim right now and the pain is going away, but the it's still like it's almost like a heat metal. It's like it's still like that orange color and you can see it faintly through the wrappings, but it's it's almost like a dull throbbing at this point, more than it actually is like a sharp pain. But it seems whatever it is, is that light is still there. It's just more of a, a dull orange glow at this point. So using my last second level spell slot, I'm going to cast Lesser, Rest uh, Lesser Restoration on Cosmo. That um, it ends one effect. Let me just get you the actual text here. You touch a creature and can end either one disease or one condition affecting it. It can't be blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned. Yeah, so... Cosmo, as um, as you I, you maybe are barely aware of a hand on you, the scene in your head it starts to kind of change, and it, it's as you're looping through it this last time, it's kind of speeding up, and instead of like going through the same thing where the, the creature pulls the roof down and collapses and kills you, um, you can see this like it, it kind of changes and morphs, and so this time through, what's happening is the, the dwarven creature or figure next to you and you're almost like watching out of this like third person view but when they see that creature come out of the underdark and they're seeing that all these monsters are attacking and defeating these dwarves that are around them you see them just kind of glance over at this uh essentially pile of powder kegs that's over on the side of them and they uh that at that time is when you wake up um, but it was different that last time through. And it was like mm -hmm. it was something was almost affecting it as it was going and it was changing it. Something, mm -hmm. some sort of will or memory was affecting that vision. Interesting. Okay. So Cosmo wakes up to Glenn like in his face, like, we need to get out of here. Like face to face. Oh, oh Glenn, what's going on? What, what happened? Uh, you just decided to take a little panic nap again, and I, like, pick him up to his feet. I'm like, we got to get these people the hell out of here. I don't know what we're looking at down there. Rangram's hand's glowing. We need to start moving now. Well, yeah, these monsters are these monsters are just, like, crawling in around the walls and are just starting to kind of move and make their way into the room with this, like, sickening, like, sucking noise, and then, like, the, like these sharp, almost like they're walking on swords. 
but they're big enough to fill that whole doorway. And one of them's kind of crawling on the ground, and the other ones are kind of crawling around the wall Got it. as they're coming in. Well, uh, Glenn, those guys, we might need to buy some time for the refugees to get out of here. Uh, what do we do? Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I feel like I'm as just as much refugee at this moment. If we can just get the hell through that gate, I don't think any of us can be able to open it besides you, man. And I like am positioning him towards the gate, like literally like at gate two. I'm like we need to start going this way. As you see the, uh, oh, sorry. As you see the monsters uh, kind of crawling through the gate, you you hear the the two guards up on top of the the wall just start yelling, and one of them runs over and just like starts pulling on this long cord that kind of connects farther back and outside this connection of of ropes, and you hear from a distance the two bells toll. Okay. I hate those goddamn bells, and I like just start like walking towards the gate as well just yell back to rangram ram we got to get a move on let's go help the rest of them cosmo go with glenn and rangram's going to move to that kind of the center here and i'm gonna cast spirit guardians on myself so for the durations a 15 foot circle around me of spirits and they all resemble rangram being like his ancestors, like his grandfather and cool. father and other people float around him. Anything that enters it has to make a saving throw and a failed save. They take 3d8 radiant damage and half on a successful and their movement is halved while crossing through it. Glenn, as you're, um, as you're kind of uh, talking to Cosmo and telling him your plan, uh, Joro just puts his hand on your shoulder and goes, my place is down here. I need to make sure that they get out. I'll, I'll go stand with your friend Rangrim and... Uh, I'll do my best to make sure that we buy you time. Bro, if you die on this one, man, you're going to owe me so much shit in the afterlife. <laughs> and I start like pointing Cosmo towards, and I, I guess I'd be like kind of like shoving him towards the gate. And then I would stand, I mean, kind of similar to where I am now, maybe a little bit closer to the gate, trying to like funnel refugees in. So I'd probably be like about here, maybe. Yeah. If Cosmo's like by the gate. All right, so I would just kind of run over, probably just kind of move over to the center uh, and turn and just kind of just shout to the refugees, like, everybody through the gate quickly now. We'll buy some time. Guards, open the door quickly. Um, make, make a persuasion check for me. Or intimidation, whichever one you want to do. I am now the owner of the Boulder Fist Mining Company. I know, I know. Give me advantage on it. I'm just saying it's you're just the bolt. You're just. I was gonna say <laughs> they they haven't got the memo. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just asking. Just one of the faxing machine. Actually, they for, would have for sure got the memo because per- <laughs> murdered someone in front of everybody. It's true. Persuasion. Oh, you said advantage on persuasion or intimidation, whichever route you want to go. Okay, that is going to be an eighteen. Uh, yeah, that definitely does it. Right. Um, the the guard they kind of they kind of hesitate for a second. This is not a you know instruction they've gotten, uh, especially be- when monsters are coming. Generally, they want to close the gate to keep them out. Yeah. Um, especially because of the magical properties of this gate in particular. Uh, but they uh, you see them 
run over and uh, one of them grabs the lever and just starts, they, they kind of together start cranking the gate upwards and um, it, it essentially clear, it's about six feet open at this point of okay. the tw- like the 10 to 15 feet, or I would say 15 feet high is, is how high the gate is. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's open six feet. Okay, I would, people... I would instruct the guards to just say, hold it there till I say let go. They're, they're holding on to it. Okay. And then, um, and just, everybody quickly now. Like, do I need, is there like a command word to like? Um, okay, so I'll say that they're pretty hesitant at first. They, they, this is, they know that they're, while you may not have seen what this gate can do to people that aren't supposed to cross it, um, they have, and they're definitely hesitant of it. And so one of them, it, they it kind of slowly at first, but one of them decides to go through and they are able to pass without a problem, without an issue. And after that, the floodgates kind of just open and you can just see these people flooding into that second part. I don't know if they're going to get be able to get pat all the way out, um, but they are definitely, the refugees have gotten past this, uh, this gate two into gate three, which is farther than they've ever been able to get before. Okay. All right. Um, right on. And then, uh, okay. And then I just, I kind of turn around to Joro and I say, we just got to buy some time. And I don't know. That's all I really have at the moment. Okay. Do you want them to keep the gate open? Well, are they still like, what well, my idea I guess, would yeah, be. No, I guess you're right. They're probably still, they're kind of still funneling in. So let's buy. Yeah. I think that that's a, a good call. Um, yeah. So what's the next step kids? Uh, Glenn, as he's kind of like backing up and shoving people through. He kind of just mumbles to himself. It's like, I, I swear, I try to stay out of these situations. I keep coming into these situations. I don't know what the hell is wrong with my personality, man. Glenn, you need to, you need to check yourself. You can get your shit together. But as he's doing that, he's like fishing through that new bag and just trying to get a, like a mental count of how many bombs he has or how many of the explosives. Yeah, you're you're kind of sinking your arm all the way up to the elbow in there, and you're realizing that there's probably over a hundred. Uh, they're they're about the size of a grapefruit. Uh, and then as he realizes that Glenn pops a massive erection and kind of like turns, <laughs> <laughs> turns and says, uh, well, boys, I think we got ourselves a, a situation and we need to make a decision. So maybe we need to make a stand here and get our asses through the door as well. Cause I do not want to fight those things. Um, what is y'all's passive perception? I should just know this. Rangrams is enormous. Uh, 17. 16, 17, fuck yeah. We nice just got trash. that proficiency bonus right. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, passive perception. Oh, never mind, 16 as well. I thought mine was terrible. Mine, um, mine's 11. Okay, Cosmo, you don't, you don't uh, feel it or hear it. You're probably uh, just trying to get people through so much that you, you kind of don't take notice of it, but... Um, Glenn and, and uh, Rangram, you f- start feeling the ground beneath you kind of start to shake as if something is moving through it. Um, and you're able to move out of the way uh, as these smaller versions of the forms that you see coming through the gate burrow straight out of the ground below you. Uh, and Cosmo, one of them catches you with an attack as it kind of comes up through the ground and not, and like kind of knocks you sideways and it just catches you with one of its, uh, one of its blades, like bladed arms. 
Both of the You're... ones near me and Cosmo would take damage from entering my okay. radius from Spirit Guardians. Your your zone of pain. Uh, you, zone you of make... pain. That's a way cooler name for that spell. <laughs> uh, change it uh, right now. <laughs> uh, so that's just uh, that's just five damage, Cosmo. Okay. And those two both have to make a uh, wisdom save. Um, okay, so one rolled. It's a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom save, the DC is 15. Okay, one rolled an 18. Uh, the other one rolled a 12. <laughs> oh, it was 11 damage total. So one of them takes 11, the other one takes 5 or 6, depending on how you want to roll it. Okay, the one the one that came up directly beneath you is the one that's going to take the 11 damage. And uh, tell me how it dies. Um, as the spirits of my ancestors are just floating around me, it comes out and one of them just hammer smash face kills it just out the blue wait quick question yeah. your spirits are they like miniature versions of your or is it like full size like there's just like more dwarfs now just with you killing shit in my head i imagine it's like four or five of like my ancestors full size. that's sick like mulan the mulan ancestors that are like yeah. just, okay <laughs> tight, tight 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 i think at this point we could probably roll into initiative if y'all like, are down that's fine I thought we could definitely talk our way out of this one. This one seems... I feel like this is just now where the conversation starts. Not bad right. for Rangrim. This is a respectable 14 for my initiative. Ooh. Not bad. Oh, 14 as well. At 20. Ooh. Awesome. So, right off the bat, these things dive out of the ground and you're able to get out of the way of them. Uh, but the... It kind of as those dive out of the ground, the ones in front of you just move quickly up um, and just kind of like scurry across the ground and clear that distance way faster than you would have thought possible. Um, and as that happens, they are just there and they are attacking you very quickly. Um, and so the first one's going to attack Joro. Um, and it's just going to come down. These things are just walking on these bladed arms and they just come up and are just trying to stab and pierce you with these as quickly as possible. Um, the Jero. first one rolls... <laughs> Short-lived. The first one rolls actually pretty poorly. Um, the second one just hits uh, and gets Joro with one of its... Uh, essentially pokes him in the shoulder with one of these bladed arms. So that's just going to be five damage to Joro, um, who kind of like takes that hit and uh, kind of dodges out of the way of it, but just barely gets him. The second one is going to... Actually, the next two are both going to attack... Uh, both going to attack Rangrim here. Uh, I just want to add orange and purple. Both are going to take radiant damage. Yep, yeah. Okay. Yeah, roll me, that, roll, uh, roll me that damage, or do I need to do a save? Thing. It's the save. same thing. It's Every time it's a Perfect. save. Five, five, six, Sweet. 16 damage. Um, so one of them rolls a two, the other one rolls a four. So I don't think they do it. They don't. So that hatchling, uh, your 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 ghostly homies, your spiritual homies, go over there and just like mash them into absolute pulp. Uh, mm -hmm. And so this one is also gone. Uh, the the so these three burrowers all take sixteen damage. Yes. Okay. And uh, it's also when they enter it and when they start their turn in that radius. Oh shit. And their speed is halved while they're in it. Damn. Oh, that yeah. Is, that is some bad stuff. So we all need Great. to be in this circle. 
Uh, that is going to be a 19 plus 5, so 24 for the first. That would hit. Um, I'm going to use my reaction to impose disadvantage on that attack. Okay. Because of um, my uh, because of my protection. Okay, so that would have made it a 16. 16 will miss, sir. So that's the first one's attack. Um, so then it's going to roll a... Uh, 14 plus 5, so uh, 19 for that second hit from that one. That will hit. Okay. Uh, So I'm just going to roll the damage for that now. Okay, it's only 4. I rolled a fucking 1 on a d6, so it's uh, it's 4 damage from that one. Uh, And the second one's going to roll its attacks. Nat 1 for the first roll, and then a 15 plus 5, 20 for that second hit. Uh, And that second hit is going to be a 4 plus 3, 7. Um, so and so four damage and seven damage four damage and seven damage okay and uh yeah they just you're kind of dodging out of the way of these things and your spiritual guardians are getting in the way but their bladed arms are still kind of just getting through and catching you and just like you just have these like rents kind of opening up in your armor as they're able to kind of catch you <laughs> Um, I just made the concentration checks and I succeeded all of them because I have a uh, plus five to my concentration checks as well as advantage on them. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Warcaster. Warcaster, baby. <laughs> God, you guys are beefcakes now. I got to hit you harder. Um, okay. Please so <laughs> that is um, that is going to bring us to Joro's turn. Uh, Joro, you kind of gritting his teeth now at, at this uh, at this burrower as it caught him with that attack. He's going to pull out his uh, his short sword and take a couple swipes at it. Um, so that first attack is going to be a 15, which is too many fucking monsters. Not going to hit. Um, and then that second one is going to hit. That's a 21. And so he's going to take a swipe and catch it uh, kind of across the across one of the uh, the side of its throat and is going to catch it with his short sword. And that is 10 damage from him. And that's actually, that thing is like, he opens up a pretty big cut and it's just like dark, dark, like violet blood just sort of pouring out of this thing's neck. As it uh, is not having a good day. And that's going to bring us to Cosmo's turn. Cool. All right. Um, so Cosmo is engaged in combat with the yellow uh, hatchling, correct? Yes. Okay, alright, so getting hit in the back, he's just gonna turn around and just swing his war pick down on this little thing. And that is going to be a 12 to hit? hit? Yeah. No, it's not gonna hit. Alright. So he'll miss... not gonna do it. He'll miss on the first one, and he'll try on the second again, just with the That's right, you have two attacks now. Swing back down, and that is a 20. That does do it. A dirty 20. Believe it or not. Dirty 20, but yes. Okay. Um, And then he has to make a uh, constitution saving throw. Because I I still have draw poison. Okay. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. If you want, <laughs> okay. Uh, Constitution saving throw. That is a eleven. I don't remember. Fails. Yeah, fails. fails. It fails. I think the save was a thirteen. We said. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and if you want to roll damage on that too. I have oh. a feeling I know where this is going to go because that one already took five damage from uh, the oh, dead it. zone. Oh, okay, yeah, so he he's probably dead then because I rolled five plus four is nine, and they were dying on 11 damage. Yeah, that, that does it. So uh, you you just squash this thing and fucking the uh, oblivion, and it just kind of like, as you crush through its carapace, this like that black or that the, the dark violet blood just kind of splatters outwards onto the ground, kind of probably kind of covering you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and then he's going to turn around and as he splatters. Okay. Uh, what? How many refugees are still trying to get through? I would say they're about uh, about half of them have made their way through the gate at this point. Okay. And how do the guards look? Uh, they're just up there holding it. They, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's... Uh, I, I think they can probably lock it. It's not like they're, like, straining to hold this thing up or okay. anything. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, that would be a bad gate if that was the case. Just, just, <laughs> I've been down here for days holding this fucking thing. Just check in, just check in. Um, and so he's just going to kind of take note of everything that's going on, and then he's just going to charge up in between uh, Rangrim and Joro right here. And then he's just gonna, let's do this. And you'll just see this like bubble of a shell like form around uh, Cosmo. He casts Shield of Faith, um, giving him plus two to his AC. Um, it's um, it's something I can cast on anybody, but he casts it on himself for now. Selfish. Well, I'm about to <laughs> selfishly take all the damage, so. <laughs> selfishly get hit a lot pretty selfish um uh yeah is that the end of your turn yeah so one popped up behind me and one popped up to the the i guess in front of me to the left of me but look uh, yellow is dead. dead i believe correct yellow is dead yellow is oh, dead turbo neat okay um kind of peering through the gate real quick do i notice the internal guards attacking all the refugees running through uh no or does they it seem see- like they are aware of the situation they they heard Cosmo yelling, um, and because of that persuasion check, I'm going to say that they did not. Uh, okay. They're not attacking. They look very like on like they're ready, but they they don't know whether they are going to be having like they don't know whether they're ready to attack monsters or to attack the people that are coming through. They're they are definitely like their shit is up, but they are not like killing people in cold blood on the other side of the street. Okay, I was like, are we just funneling them into like a like a blender? Oh, that'd um, be horrible. Do I see Gary? Is he the one that's over there, you know, freaking out over Greg? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gary, I think, was it Gary and Greg? Was that the yeah, two? Yeah, yeah. Do I see yeah, either Gar- of them? Gary and Greg are the ones that are inside the wall, of course. Of course. Okay, okay, perfect. Uh, super convenient. I, like, kind of pass him through the eyes. Like, I just, like, see him through the, the little corridor. I'm like, Gary, I hope you had a great time with your wife. And I just turn and, like, take a massive swing at the hatchling behind me. Um, and I cast Moving Blade this on my double. This is, this is terrible, man. This is terrible. Oh, God. Um, terrible. Uh, this is terrible. This actually is terrible to hit. 10 to hit? Oh, yeah. No, totally. Uh, technically an 11 to hit. Excuse me. <laughs> it does not hit. Okay. And then just to follow up with my bonus action, I'll use the backside of the Double Bladed Scimitar for hopefully to hit. Uh, 21 to hit. <laughs> he takes one damage <laughs> uh that's it's very much still alive i uh, don't do well when they're right in my face <laughs> that's my turn awesome rangram go for it 
uh, Rangrim is actually going to take one step forward to be in line with Cosmo and Joro. And uh, he's going to look at this uh, purple guy right here. All right, you nasty fuck. And I'm going to cast Spiritual Weapon with a third level spell slot, which will be right next to me. And that would make an attack against him as well as I'm going to use my action to attack him as well. Very nice. And that is a, what is it, a spell attack. So my spell attack is a plus seven, so that's a 16. Uh, to hit? Yeah. It does not hit. Woof. So that whiffs, and then I would make my regular attack. Again, that's 16. So that does not hit. Does not hit. I'm sorry. Got a lot of stuff floating around, but uh, yeah, I think it's their turn, and they're going to get some pain anyways. All right. Um, yeah, so um, the, the last hatchling, the final hatchling, is going to take an attack at Glynn um, after it gets kind of stabbed with this uh, double-bladed scimitar and is surprised to find itself alive. Um, <laughs> First of all, that hurts. <laughs> it rolls a natural one for its first attack, uh, and then it rolls an 18 for the second attack. Uh, that second one hits. Right, so it's going to just do a whopping four damage to you as it pokes you with one of its uh, little bladed hands. That only does two damage because of uncanny dodge. Nice. So I just step out of the way. It gets gets me on the calf a little bit. Wink! Ah, mother... <laughs> um, this uh, this spectral form is going to, which only Rangrim can really see, is going to uh, move up a little bit. And as it does, um, you see this form kind of move out from behind it out of the darkness. And it is much larger than the other ones. Um, and you see three more creatures coming uh, coming out of the Underdark uh, that have the same kind of, like, sheen with the torches and light that's shining here in this Underdark space that's kind of, like, gleaming off of their, like, dark, violet carapace. And you see more of these creatures. And with that, the guards on top of the wall are going to start... Uh, freaking out and shooting their crossbows down. So I'm going to give them a couple shots. Uh, that is not very good for the first one. And the second one uh, gets a 14 and does not hit. So they're kind of freaking out, shooting crossbow bolts down and uh, are absolutely missing completely. Come on, Greg and Gary. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gary, and son gonna... of a bitch, you almost shot me. <laughs> that's going to bring us to the top of the round and the these new burrowers that have come out of the dark are going to kind of scurry around the wall and start clearing some of this space uh, between themselves and you guys as this larger form also comes out. Um, and it has like, this one looks a little bit different aside from being like twice the size of even the larger burrowers. This one is, it just like has a thicker thorax and is just like standing much taller and just has like a, a more pronounced blades uh, protruding from it. And these three burrowers are going to attack 
Let's just get it going. One each. Um, the first one's going to attack Joro, and that is definitely going to hit. And that yeah, second first going to take 16 damage apiece because I pre-rolled Ooh. damage because they started their turn. And um, with all my homies. Well, you just, you just fucking saved Joro because that one that was uh, in front of Joro, it goes to attack Joro, and it's coming down with its blades, and then you're your posse of uh, Dugar homies, uh, spiritual homies, come and just beat the living crap out of it until just it dies. Mob on him. Yeah, um, the other two are still alive though with the with the sixteen damage. They are looking extremely. They bad. also they they still get a save, however. So sixteen oh, okay. is they fail the save. Okay. Um, well, that first one would have failed anyway, so I just rolled for him. Uh, that is a thirteen for the second one, and then a three for the third one. So they will take the full damage, I assume, unless the the 13 saves. Uh, 15 is the save. Okay. So yeah, they both take the full 16 damage. And that means that the second one is going to now attack Cosmo. And because of pack tactics, they have actually advantage on these attacks. Um, so that's not good. All right, so that last one is going to be a 18 or 15 plus five, so it's a 20 to hit. Um, so that's just going to be three damage, or I'm sorry, six damage for that one. Okay. Is that how and much damage? I'm sorry. Six. And the second one's going. The third one's going to attack Rangrim. Uh, that is going to be a 24. <laughs> For the first one, uh, I'm gonna uh, use my reaction again and imply disadvantage. Okay, um, so that would make that second one uh, or that first attack not hit because I rolled a, a four after that, so uh, with its advantage, so it would have just been the, it would have not made it. Um, but for the second hit, I rolled a 19, so he is going. They are gonna hit with their second attack. Um, that is also gonna be a six damage for you, Rangrim. Six damage. This swipes across with its uh, with its bladed arms. Arms. Uh, and I still hold concentration on spirit guardians. Nice. Nice. All right. That is going to bring us to Joro, who Joro is going to dive down with his with his sword and try to just impale this one as it looks kind of weak. Um, and he gets a natural twenty. <laughs> uh, and so good old Joro. Is going Go to. Yeah, and he rolls full damage, max damage that he could on a d6. So uh, Joro comes down and just cuts this thing right where he had like cut the other one in the neck. He just comes down and completely cleaves this thing head off, covering Cosmo and even more gore um, as he uh, just absolutely vivisects it. Oh. And uh, yeah, so at this point, uh, that one has been destroyed, and there's only one left as we move on to Cosmo's turn. Great. Um, okay. Um, I know it's been, it's only been a few more seconds at a pulse check on the refuge point. There are only about a quarter of them that haven't gone through. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Then uh, Cosmo would just move up, attack. Does he have to move in? I don't know. Yeah, we'll move. Anyways, he'll move up to attack this next burrower. And roll an attack on this homie who's not a friend at all. That is a lot. That is a 24 to hit. 
though. That does definitely hit. Great. Um, so he will take uh, 12 damage from my war pick, swinging it down on this thing's like arm, trying to knock it off. It, uh, yeah. So, uh, how does it die? Yeah, so the, the arm just like knocks off and it's just like spewing blood and then just like impales it in the neck with his war pick and it just like crunches like a cockroach that it is. Yeah, yeah this is just more more gore. Just you're just you're just like covered in uh, essentially like orange slurpee or a purple slurpee at this point. Uh, I'm gonna keep killing this little guy in front of me. Um, since Glim really hasn't gotten a great look at the other monsters coming in, he's kind of assuming that this is the big bad, and <laughs> he's uh, this is his hero like, of the day. And he's also drunk, so he's fucking feeling himself. So he's just looking at this like, yeah, you picked the wrong one to target, and I just swing again. Oh my god, it's terrible again. Uh, <laughs> well, oh. twelve to hit. It does not hit. <laughs> Jesus. So, so he. He swings through, and as he's kind of like falling over, he tries to swing on the backside and just like <laughs> hope the momentum kills it. And that's a twenty to hit, a dirty twenty. <laughs> I guess it does. It does <laughs> and it's only one d four again. <laughs> oh, it's a four. Okay, so he takes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he takes four damage. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's not even bloody at this point. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's kind of slipping. He's I like, should have just turned and thrown my hammer at that. <laughs> I would have done more damage. As he just swings and misses, he's like, it's what a fucking thought. And then he just kind of like goes to like stable himself up again. Um, Rangrim, it is your turn. All right. Rangrim is going to also drunkenly, just like circular in his words, Cosmo, Joro, what do you do if you fall back? And he's gonna do a little bit of this and fall back towards Glynn. Just a hair. And then move his spiritual weapon. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Not close enough to hit the thing Glynn's fighting. But hold the phone. Oh, you know what? I wonder if I wonder if, um, Dan, I wonder if you can change the name of the weapon. I tried. I can't. Oh, weird. It's gonna... I, can, I can move it, but I can't uh, address any of the options on it. I'll make you a new one eventually. I like that it says zombie right now. I kind of do, too. And I... You know what? I don't have any hand axes, but I have a crossbow. <laughs> nice. So I'm making a pot shot at the thing that Glenn's fighting with my crossbow. Oh, God. What Boom. could go wrong? Boom, headshot. <laughs> Probably nothing. Roll that one and we'll find out. <laughs> oh my God, roll that one, please. <laughs> I mean, it is a dex weapon. I get a big fat zero bonus there. Just catching darts to the back of the head. <laughs> I, rolled a, I rolled a nine, so that misses. <laughs> Yeah, it does miss. Uh, Glenn, you just you just hear this whistle as this crossbow bolt goes over your shoulder and explodes against the wall. Do the do the guards get pod shots at this kid too? When do they uh, get they a turn? Will. They will on their turn. Yeah, they, it's it's not their turn right now. Ragram's still stumbling a bit. This thing sucks. And he just throws it in the direction of Glenn and the monster. 
<laughs> the whole the crossbow, like the whole crossbow. The whole crossbow. It's <laughs> great. Um, yeah, uh, that's gonna bring us. So, okay, so um, with that, uh, you actually, if you all can make me perception checks. Perception checks. Oh, uh, I'm. I, I don't think I should because I'm facing literally the other way. It's different. It's um, okay. Yeah, it's different. Do we have disadvantage? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess it would be an ability check, so that would count as disadvantage. Well, I rolled two sevens. So because of the drunkenness. That is still a 14 for me. Uh, I got a 15. Okay. My um, best roll of the night was my disadvantage roll. Uh, I, uh, I rolled an 18. Okay, so as you are uh, fighting this uh, fighting this creature, you feel the, the like, you hear this scurrying noise as these uh, other hatchlings start coming out of the holes that the other that the previous hatchlings had made, uh, and the ground is again full of these tiny little creatures crawling out of the ground, and they are going to attack all of you. Actually, the ones that move into the space with Rangram are going to get fucking murked. Probably they're going to yeah they're, they're going to immediately th all three of them. yeah. So uh, I'm Six, just going to nine and. Okay, so it's a so, 16. It's 11 damage if they nice. fail. 16. Uh, second one failed. Uh, 17 for the last one. So uh, two make it and one does not. Uh, so I'm just going to say that the one attacking right here uh, died uh, immediately by getting just destroyed by the, the group of uh, Duger spirits. It's and the other, <laughs> <laughs> the other two are still alive, but fucking barely. And uh, they are going to attack Lynn and Rangrim. Rude. Uh, okay, that's actually a nat 20 for that one. The one that's behind Rangrim. That's going to be... I'm glad when you said that one, you chose the one behind Rangrim, not me. <laughs> uh, it's only two, so Sorry, we essentially doubled a one, <laughs> so five damage from that one. Woo! And then the two on uh, Glenn are going to attack. Uh, it's going to be an 18 for one, and then a... 15 for the second one. Can I see the pink one? Uh, it would be just in your peripheral vision. Are you trying to use your uncanny dodge? Well, I would, I would use my uncanny dodge. Next question would be who got the 18 and who got the 15 because one hits and one doesn't. So The one in front of you didn't hit, uh, was the one that didn't hit you. Uh, the one on the side of you. So I'll say you can use your uncanny dodge though to... to okay, yeah. How would you use that have, as a reaction? Have the damage. Um, yeah, so that's only going to be... That's going to be five damage, so you can have it and essentially take two. I will do that. Thank Sweet. you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> um, yeah, you, you definitely can have another. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I don't want it. <laughs> um, no, actually, so that brings us to the next part of the round, which is um, Cosmo. You're standing next to Joro, and you're both kind of like just looking at these monsters that are, are pouring out of the Underdark and, and seeing that these things are coming towards you and essentially just kind of stealing yourself that um and then you kind of joro kind of like stumbles and you feel him like put his hand on your shoulder and he's kind of catching himself and as you look over to him his eyes are absolutely just like they've turned this black like there's no iris anymore it's just completely black and he turns to you and is going to make uh two attacks on you 
Okay. A real dick move there, Joro. Real dick move, Joro. Um, so that is going to be a 20. Okay. Not natural. I'll allow it. For that first attack. And then the second one is going to be uh, a 22. All right. It was a 15 and a 17. They have a plus seven. That's fine. Um, so the first attack is going to be a... Oh, shit. I didn't realize he had poison damage on his weapon. I will do, roll that for a sec, or roll that in a second. Um, so that is going to be seven and so, so uh, 14 damage uh, to start. Uh, 28 halved, 14 more damage. As you feel like this sword, he, he kind of like grabs onto your shoulder and then just essentially takes his sword and jams it twice into your stomach. And you just feel this like numbing cold uh, from the same uh, drow poison that you felt in the, in the past uh, from the dagger. And uh, it just kind of starts like spreading through you as uh, you take this pretty gnarly amount of damage. So as this happens, see Cosmo go limp and he just like falls down onto his knees. Shit. Um, yeah, so Rangram- I blame Chad for running for Team PK. You would have definitely seen this Rangram um, as Joro would have kind of like seemed to have like been affected by something and kind of stumble and grab onto Cosmo's shoulders and then turn with that same face that you saw in when you saw Regalia's face, which is like her eye, his eyes were completely pitch black and then he just takes his sword and just like essentially like guts Cosmo and drops him to the ground and turns towards you. And that is, uh, that's actually gonna be the end of his turn. Um, but that is gonna bring us to the guards who are going to try to take out that little tiny guy that's been plaguing Glenn so much. Well, there's two that are still attacking me, right? And uh, yeah, so the the one that's uh, in blue, the 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 guard that's on top of the wall is going to grab a piece of like heavy like machinery or, or not machinery, like a big stone off the top of it, and just going to drop it down onto it. Uh, and he actually rolled a natural twenty. That's why I'm giving him such <laughs> yes. a cool uh, a cool kill. Um, but he essentially like you're you're kind of squaring off with this thing, and then all of a sudden a big rock falls and just like smashes its head into the ground, just splattering uh, that, that violet blood everywhere. Uh, As I, like, spin my way back around, I just, like, see it. Just It's just, like, where it was. There's now just a rock. He's like, I, I did it. And the, the, the guard is just kind of waving at you from the top of the wall. <laughs> uh, the, se <laughs> the second one's going to roll, um, and it's going to... Oh, he does not do very good. He needs to make a save or take damage. Because he's the, the pink one. Oh. Pink guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, so that I'll just use that save. Uh, that was not a very good save. It was like a nine. Hurt so damn. it, it Hurt just fucking damn. destroy. It gets destroyed, I assume. But yeah, roll for damage. Only nine. Yeah. Yeah. How does it die? <laughs> Rangrim's the ghost of Rangrim's grandfather just comes full circle, and he's like winding up, swinging for the fences with it. And he is gone. You're like the fucking Ebenezer Scrooge of like spiritual guardians. Yeah, they're all they're except they're all the ghosts of Christmas future, and they're all miserable. Can can we can see spiritual guardians, right? Yes, you guys can all see them. So Glenn just sees that happens. Like Rangrim, you always come in so clutch. I just thank you, and I like go to like pat the ghost on his shoulder. It's like go right through. <laughs> 
How hard is he tripping? <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> it was it was because of that cigarette I made you smoke from my beard. Yeah. <laughs> Not the boot one, but the beard one. All right. Um, that is going to bring us to the top of the round, and these uh, these burrowers are going to just go flying uh, flying forward the full speed, and. Uh, this bigger one actually what is its movement that's the same all right oh no it just kind of walks right over cosmo um and uh it's 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 probably pretty fucking terrifying for everyone around because this thing is just like this thing's walking forward and these bladed hands are just kind of like king 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 and it just like happens to miss cosmo as it's coming past uh but it is essentially standing directly over cosmo right uh cosmo's unconscious form right now and Joro is just kind of just to the side, and they seem to be ignoring them. Me too. I don't know if these things normally have irises, but are they black? Like, do they look? Uh, they have like actually uh, these like orange kind of like bug eyes, essentially. Okay. They're uh, very different. Okay, that tracks. And uh, that is going to bring us because I don't believe they have any kind of ranged. Oh, it does. Okay, cool. Um, the big it, one in the middle is going to... What's up? Uh, entering the circle, do they all have to make saves? Yes, they are going to. See. And is that yellow one alive still? I thought that hatchling died. Or was I wrong on that one? Oh, it would have tar- It would have started its turn in there. Uh, yeah, it's dead. Uh, okay, so the first, the blue burrower is going to make uh, its save. It rolls a three. Uh, the green burrower rolled a 19 and is going to save and then the big one in the middle is going to roll a uh the hive mother is going to roll an 18 to save so that was 16 damage so eight for the anything that saved okay perfect and uh i need you all to make a pretty important uh dexterity saving throw for me i'm unconscious i don't save right you're not in the shot, luckily, uh, because this probably would have killed you. Perfect. I had a one, and then it bounced off the edge and came to a 13. Oh, my God. <laughs> I almost... This is actually only going to hit Rangrim and the spiritual weapon. Um, I'm, I'm realizing right now, because it's only a 15-foot cone. Perfect. Well, I do some dope-ass flips out of it, because I got a 23. I'm going to use my inspiration to not have disadvantage on this safe. <laughs> And just have a straight roll, which was a three. (laughs) A gentleman's three. A gentleman's Um. three, indeed. (laughs) Indeed, sir. Shit. How you looking, Rangrim? How's your health doing? I am actually sitting pretty good. Thanks for the 10 uh, temporary HP from being drunk. Um, how are you feeling after 22 damage of acid spray? of acid spray ouch this large hive mother just like comes out and just exploits this like dark viscous like violet spray that coats your armor and everything just starts smoking and burning anywhere on your armor that's like leather is just like kind of burning away and anywhere your skin is exposed it's just like immediate like just this burning hair smell uh as rangram is essentially coated in this uh this violet fluid and uh, yeah, oh, it just sprays out in a cone across the ground. And does the spiritual weapon, can it take damage? 
The spiritual weapon I don't believe can take damage. I just barely made the save to keep concentration on spirit guardians. <laughs> Shout out to Warcaster. So we are going to uh, go to. It is actually going to be Joro's turn, and Joro's going to try. Joro, well, Joro's going to try to uh, shake off. So he's already actually taken his attack turn. I, I moved him up the order because he was essentially using someone else's uh, attack. So I'm just going to give them the opportunity to save against Dominate Person, which is what he is currently under. Come on, Joro. That's not very good, Joro. Joro, that's not very good. And that is going to be a big old 11 for Joro. And uh, Joro is, uh, you, they, they just essentially uh, grab a dagger out of the back of their, uh, their pocket and they are still just looking, looking daggers at you all uh, with their crazy black eyes. And that's going to bring us to Cosmo's turn. Cosmo, make me a death saving throw. All right. And how does that work again? Greater than 10? Yep. Just a flat 20. You're going to roll a nat 20 right now, big boy. Get up and run. I rolled an 11. <clears> hey. <throat> okay. It's still a success. Uh, da da da. Oh, I, dude, I don't I'm know. so nervous. <laughs> I, I saved. Um, do I have two seconds to go get another beer? Uh, I think you might need it with the way this battle's going. I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm gonna need it. We're gonna celebrate and mourn him in two consecutive episodes. <laughs> uh. Tune in next week, guys, where we all spin up new characters. <laughs> <laughs> You know, tune in next week when Glenn meets new friends. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Who's after Cosmo? Uh, it's actually you guys. So, yeah, uh, Glenn and Rangrim, whoever wants to go first. Um, I'll take the initiative on this one, Glenn, if you're fine with that. Uh, yeah, I imagine Glenn's still kind of spinning around a little drunk, and he's just now realizing there's a whole other group of people to fight. I am Very going... big monster. <laughs> So Rangrim is going to use his uh, action and he's going to cast Healing Word to shout at Cosmo and just say, hey boy, on your feet! And to heal him, to get him out of death saving throws. Spare the dying? No, just uh, Healing Word. Oh, sick, nice. Uh, yeah. Any healing would get him out of being incapacitated. Okay. How much uh, is he going to get healed? Uh, healing Word is just a D4 plus four, so it's not a lot here. What a bad, like, of the places to wake up. That has <laughs> got to be one of yeah, the worst. Yeah, not a good one. Okay. Looking at the underbelly of some behemoth, she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he okay. heals for seven hit points. Take it. So he would be conscious, and Rangrim is going to, I'm kind of going to double, double down here. He's going to run towards Cosmo using as much of my movement as I can. Hold on, let me go to Astral here. You can get Correct. there. One, two, three, and then run back to my exact positioning with Cosmo. Okay, uh, uh, roll me a, a strength check. With disadvantage, I guess. Oh, shit. Ooh. Ooh. Those are both really good rolls. Please. Nice. <laughs> Please, for the love of all that's holy. And uh, my strength is a plus three, so the low one is a 17. Oh, wow. Okay. The only problem is you went into the thing's range and went out of it. Agreed. Um, so you, you're definitely going to take an attack opportunity from it. Okay. I'm only going to do it from one. To, I, I think you're you kind of skirted the range of the other one, but um, I'll just do it from the hive mother. Oh, cool! Just the big baddie one. Yeah, <laughs> just. I can do it that... from both if you want. <laughs> no, I no, mean... no, 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 no. That's fine. Please. 
uh, it's just gonna get uh, it's it's just gonna get its um, its regular attack. Actually, question. So if it's if a monster has multi attack, um, does and you no, it's one it hit, it's one yeah, hit. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's not an attack round, or it's not like an action round. Oh my fucking god! Okay, I'm I'm not touching oh, no. anything. I'm just gonna <laughs> oh, no. show. It's a twenty. That twenty. Yeah, oh. it's a natural twenty. Um, it's just with its. It's only a D10 plus plus four, so I mean it could be worse, but does he, does does Bobby get a reaction waking up? Dude, you're so lucky. It, I rolled a one on the dice. He is conscious. Bobby, can you impose this advantage on it? I mean, if I get a, a if one, I get a reaction, it's it's only me six damage. Oh, okay. Thank you. He's not. I'm not wicked dead. My Dude, hands are so sweaty right now. Rolled a one on a D10, guys, for that. <laughs> okay, and then um, as I said, I'm two gonna grab damage Cosmo. or twenty damage. What like that's kind of a little bit. Yeah, of I could have died right there, so I grabbed Cosmo, <laughs> ran back to where I am, and I'm going to put my spiritual weapon that we're gonna call zombie, and that would be a seventeen to hit. Whoo! Yeah, which one are you attacking, the hive mother or the, the hive one? mother? Uh, the hive mother has a really high AC, uh, and it's not gonna hit. That's as I thought, but that is still there, and I brought Cosmo back with me. And um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Cosmo, while you were unconscious, uh, one of the things you you kind of like sunk back into this. Uh, it it felt less forced this time. This this like dream, and instead of like it being a nightmare and something that was being forced on you, it, it almost like you feel like being forced to go through it so many times. It's almost like unlocked it, and now it feels like it's something that was a memory. It's something mm-hmm. it feels a lot more natural to you, and you're you continue from that point where you see the dwarven figure look over at this powder keg and you see as he looks forward and sees all of the his uh team essentially getting cut down by these same monsters that you're fighting currently and now you obviously recognize them and you see this much larger like you see the the, the more of these forms coming out of the underdark and then you see that uh that mind flayer figure come walking out and start raising its hand um and then you see them grab the powder keg and just uh take it and then just throw it they grab a torch off the wall and throw it as well and uh the last thing that you kind of remember as you kind of wake up while rangram's dragging you away from this is the entire tunnel being just bursting into flame and it all collapsing and and around you and then you're kind of feeling like you're realizing like this was the real memory whatever was being shown to you before was something to scare you and to it was kind of like taking this memory that been deep down inside you whether it was yours or something else but it was perverting it and changing it and now you feel like this was the real memory of Mm -hmm. of what had happened that that day yeah all right so dm let me know if i can do this um uh, with Poe kind of circling around, I would want to call Poe to me. Okay. And I hold up two of the bombs, and I say, you know what to do, buddy, and I hold him up like as he's flying over me, he picks him up with his feet, and as he's getting just out of range, I want to take an attack of opportunity to light them with my green flame blade and fly Poe straight at the hive mother. Okay, um, I'm going to challenge one thing. How, how big is Poe? He is a raven. So. Well, I'll give you his strength. Okay. I'll give you his strength stat and 
I'll let you roll as Poe with a strength, uh, strength, uh, a check essentially. Okay. And we'll see how that goes. I'm gonna use my inspiration for this one. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. So first one was a six. Second one was a 19, but it's minus four. So 15 strength. Okay. Um, no more inspiration. Okay, so I'm gonna say that with 15, um, you are you're you're flying it right at them, going just straight at the high mother, like over Cosmo of Rangrim. I mean, honestly, it'd probably be like just about like eye height and just like Kamikaze straight into the high mother. Like, okay, so I'll say I've seen some pretty big ravens, and yeah, these things are like essentially grapefruit size, but I think with a 15, um, it's able to just, it's going a short enough distance and it's able to get there quick enough that with the speed it's at, it grabs them both by, essentially by the um, uh, the wicks themselves and it flies at them. And as it, uh, as it gets there, it's able to uh, drop them. It is barely, it's not gonna get out of range in time to be able to not, not even, be caught up in the blast. It's not even trying to drop it. Poe is straight running into the hive. Okay. Like Poe is like all for one kind of thing, just straight to the chest of the hive mother. If Poe survives, awesome. If not, you have, I'll get Poe back. Do you have the bomb stats in front of you? Uh, I don't think you ever gave them to me. I dropped them in the Discord. Let me yeah, go grab did. them real quick. I saw them in the Discord earlier. Ooh, I was dropping a bunch of crap in there though at that time. Also um, there they are. Okay. So I just want to see the, the radius um, within five feet of the point. So that's perfect. So you guys aren't in range. I was afraid that you all were going to get uh, blasted as well. I so, was too. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't, man, know, me I didn't too. know we had a I card was, for it. <laughs> I was so scared. Okay. Joro is definitely going to take damage, which is actually going to give him another save, which is kind of good and kind of bad because Joro does not have a ton of health. Um, I'm sorry. Where are the bombs? Just so I can add it to my... Uh, in notes here what I'll, room was that in? I'll redrop it in there again one second. and then once I give this to you I'll let you roll the damage neat oh, I didn't see that. oh it's mm -hmm. literally gotcha oh uh, yeah does it 3d6 so that would be 66 66 Ooh, this is sneak attack right <laughs> Uh, okay, 10 for the first two, 20 for four, 27 damage. 27 damage as this bird, like, you're, as, as Poe, your raven, like, loyal as always, just grabs these things and flies itself straight at it. It's got to be kind of confusing and kind of terrifying for Rangrim and Cosmos. This bird just, like, at the speed, just whips into it and just goes and this explosion that's about five feet in diameter or in, in circumference just like explodes on the head of the hive mother and it just lets out this like disgusting like clacking wet scream as in and kind of rears back as this blast hits it um and its face is just like cut and like there are mandibles that are just kind of like partially falling off of it now um and it's just darkened from this explosion uh, but you said that's 32 damage 27 27 okay 27 damage very very good um yeah and poe is absolutely eviscerated by this uh and joro is also going to take that damage and joro 
is uh, blasted sideways by it, and I'm gonna give him another another save. Fuck. Joro, come on, my guy. Yeah, that's not gonna do it. Um, that's only a, a 12. Uh, and so he falls sideways, but his eyes are still black and he gets back to his feet and uh, is still very much under the control of something. And uh, that is going to bring us to, actually to Joro's, Joro's borrowed turn. And so Joro is going to run forward and is going to uh, just try to attack uh, both Cosmo and Rangrim. Yes, to make the save. Oh shit, he just moved into the space and now he's an enemy, so yes. <laughs> um, uh, technically, when I cast the spell, I designate creatures that are not affected by it. Okay. So That's fair. Technically, Jorah right. was uh, on my good side at that point, and um, all right, I tried. That's what I. That's that's what I get. Um, yeah. So that's gonna be a. I'm so sorry, man. That's a 18 plus seven for the first to hit. To who? Um, and it, that's to you. Um, and then he's gonna roll to attack Rangrim. That's a seven. 16 plus um. seven. I'm gonna use all use my reaction to uh, impose disadvantage on his attack to rank him. Okay. Dude, he rolled a 17 plus seven. Joro is rolling hot fire right now. Um, I feel bad about this, guys. I feel bad about it. Um, dude, that's that fucking poison damage is so gnarly. Uh, okay, both of you get advantage on uh, or resistance on poison, though, right? I believe. Correct. Um, okay. Stressing. Uh, that is six damage for uh, Cosmo uh, without the poison. So six damage at first. Um, the poison is going to be just a straight seven. Um, so that's going to be seven damage from the poison, and uh, that's already minus in half. Cosmo is unconscious again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then Rangrim, that is going to be nine damage for the attack, and then the poison damage is going to be 11 uh, halved. Rangrim is also unconscious. Guys, tune in next week <laughs> when you can see Jasmo, Rongrin, and Blin. Oh shit! Um, have our have Gary and Greg gotten around of attacks? Uh, inside the well, they're the ones on top of the wall. Yeah, they're going. They're going now, actually. Okay. Um, so they are going to uh, do their do their shots down. Um, it's the range is not super good with them. <laughs> Gary rolled a nat one, uh, and then the other uh, Greg rolled a fucking eight. So they did not. Uh, they're 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 just kind of shaking and are not able to uh, make this attack. Um, the watching 
you all drop. As this this happens, um, you see something that is like kind of surprising, um, which is that Joro kind of steps and just stays where he's at, um, and the high and the burrowers and the hive mother don't move forward, and they um, they kind of just like look at you and they start they they just stay where they're currently at they don't move forward um and joro actually takes a step back and glenn it's your turn uh How does how does the hive mother look? Does she look hurt? She look fine. She looks hurt. She looks hurt, but she's how not. How does Jorah look? She's not bloodied. Jorah's bloodied. Jorah's looking pretty fucked up. Burrowers are bloodied as well, or are they okay? Oh shit! They um well they would have just started their turn in Rangram's thing, but Rangram's unconscious. So. So yep, no more spirit guardians. <laughs> Um, uh, Glenn would, I mean, they're just standing there idly. Uh, Glenn would just, like approach Cosmo and Rangrium. And as he starts to approach, do they do anything? Do they start to move at all? They don't move. Okay. Uh, Glenn would step here and just kind of yell to the hive mother. It's like, you're a. Uh, I'm glad it's just us now. It's a, it should be a fun little duel. And I hold my action. I draw my bow and I hold my action for if anybody takes a step towards us and I like go to attack them if they move towards us. Okay. Um, are you gotcha? So you're just you're just waiting idly by. I, I can't heal them. I can't do shit. <laughs> that is not what Glenn does. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting to see like what their next move is. If if they all just randomly stopped, Glenn would think that's very weird and like is kind of holding. I guess, actually, one thing that I'm curious about as Glenn and as just a player, is Rangram's hand still glowing? Rangram's hand uh, is is still glowing, even though he is unconscious. Okay, so yeah, like the first thing that moves, I would draw, like I would I would take a shot at, and I just kind of like looked at both my guys, get the hell up, we're not done here. And I'm holding my action for the first movement towards of hostility. Um, yeah, so as you, as you walk up to them, they actually take, uh, kind of a step back and they, they kind of seem like they're giving you, giving you more space. Um, you can't see what's directing them, but you can almost tell the way that they're looking back and like looking around. It almost seems like they're taking orders from someone or something you can't see. And even the way Joro is moving, it's like they're, they're being commanded to stay to step back to not finish this fight um and that's that's kind of it's it's very fucking unnerving it's got to be one of the strangest uh, feelings for you um of just like this i should be dead we should all be dead right now and you don't know why uh yeah so glenn would i guess if it's glenn's turn he would as they're kind of walking backwards i'd grab both of these guys by the cuff and start dragging them back into the bridge or into the wall uh yeah just roll me a uh, strength Strength oh, it's gonna be good. 
Uh, 14 straight. I don't think I, yeah, 14. Um, yeah. So I'll say this as you're, as you're pulling them back, you actually see that a couple of the refugees, um, seeing what is happening and seeing you're trying to pull them back and that you're like struggling, they actually run forward and grab them. And with their help, you are able to get them through the gate along with yourself. Uh, and you are now back. Uh, actually I can turn off Rangram's, uh, zone of pain. Um, and as you get through the gate, the guards up on top of it automatically just like drop the gate and it is, it goes like just crashes to the ground. And, uh, with that, they, these, these creatures that they're kind of just sitting there stationary that they're like completely unmoving and they, uh, Glenn, you you get through the gate, and what are what are you doing when you when you pull them through the gate? You're sur- essentially surrounded by these refugees at this point. Uh, Glenn would kind of turn to the group and look for any type of like boulder fist or anybody who looks like they're kind of taking lead. You guys need to get them the hell out of here. See if you can't wake them up, tend to their wounds, and then I would try to run. I'm, I'm guessing there's like an internal staircase. I would try to get to the top of that wall where. I saw the previous boulder fist guards and, and just see what the hell is happening on the other side of the wall. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you get to the top of the wall right here and uh, you're standing next to this, uh, this boulder fist guard that's been you know shooting down this entire time. Uh, it's actually not. Uh, so it's actually, you know, actually, so Gary and Greg are on top of the wall. I think we originally put them on the other side, but I, we've been referring to them ones on top of the wall as Gary and Greg this whole time. So they're, they're all Gary and Greg. Yeah. It's like red shirts exactly. in Star Trek. They're all, um, they're all the same. Exactly. And you get up there and you're, and you're looking over the wall. Um, and what are you doing? You're just kind of still scoping out the scene. Yeah. I, I, well, what, what do I see? Like when I look over the wall, they're still just standing there. Yeah. You see them and, and you're kind of like, uh, actually roll me a per perception check. Uh, Rangram and Cosmo, you are being seen to by uh, like essentially like uh, herbalists and, and healers that are that were out of the underdark. So they're like kind of feeding you these like poultices that they've made from different underdark um, uh, underdark herbs, and pretty shortly you're stabilized and you're both back uh, with about maybe two two eight. I'll just roll each roll a d4 uh, to see what you come back with. I got a twelve perception check because I have disadvantage because I'm drunk. Okay, so you're you're staring off this this wall, but you're like really focusing on this, and you're like, what the fuck? You're like, why is this happening? And as uh, as you're doing that, as you're you're facing off um, into the distance. Uh, you feel a knife, uh, a sharp pain, uh, dig deep into your side, and you look over at the guard that you had had next to you, and you instead see the face of Regalia. <laughs> Hell yes. I'm going to do a lot of damage to you, my guy, and I'm so sorry. Got a, uh, I got a three on the first one, and then I got a 19. I cast shield with my reaction. Ooh, shield. So it's a 23 to armor, or 23 AC. 23 AC, so it's 19 plus six is what she rolled. Oof. Okay, so that is 23 damage. Ouch. The As you feel the sword dig into your side, um, you, you I guess you don't feel it, but you, you kind of feel like a little bit of a pressure as the, the satchel on your waist is reached into and uh, Regalia pulls out two of those those bombs and she uh she takes she takes them out and she 
tosses them out onto the walkway um, just along the side. And then you see her hand light with this like fire and she just shoots it. And the wall just essentially like you are blasted sideways as the wall um, on to the right hand side, I guess to the Northern side on this map um, is blasted apart. Um, in essentially a five-foot section uh, side-by-side um, that goes down. And you, you feel and you can see it actually visually as this, this hole in this wall is blown into it. There's, it just appears all of a sudden, but there's these, it's like these hand-drawn glyphs and runes that were invisible to the eye, just like flash for a second, covering the entire surface of this wall. And then just, it starts to disintegrate and dissolve um, as, and as this happens, the monsters start to move forward again. And now it is completely up to whatever you guys want to do. Uh, well, Regalia is standing right next to me, right? You got blasted sideways and Regalia got blasted sideways as well. So you're kind of both on your, uh, like, you're essentially both kind of just getting up at this point. Um, I'm going to... Uh, like as I'm kind of getting up and a little drunk and cough and said your father is so disappointed in you and I just run and take a lunging tackle and I tackle her over the wall towards the group awesome hell yeah uh, yeah just uh, roll me I guess a uh, attack roll do it like a like a like a uh, tackle or a shove action natural 18 but do I add anything is it unarmed? Um, is it if it's an unarmed strike? It's only that, plus three. I guess that's that not beats that her. That beats her armor class. So you you definitely pull this thing off. We're just gonna do it like a shove attack. So you're able to push her back uh, or a charge attack. You essentially can push her back ten feet, and you're going along with it. Yeah, you're both I'm tackling going her off the wall. the wall, and I'm holding her between me and the floor. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna give you. I'm not gonna make you take the full twenty two d six of damage. Then I'm gonna have her take it. You take five damage um, as you hit the ground. And uh, she is going to take, well, plus the, I guess you were out of the range of the explosions. That was just, so she takes another five damage as well. Cause she take, took, uh, her damage was a one and a four as she, you guys smashed the ground. Uh, and Cosmo and uh, Rangrim, you are awake. Uh, there are terrified, uh, there are terrified refugees all around you. Uh, what do you do? Oh, we're awake. You're awake, yeah. You got healed oh. by uh, the refugees for... Uh, you can each roll 1d4 uh, D for healing. You would have been awake to see the wall explode. Oh, and it's okay. not actually exploded. It's it's like um, essentially a big chunk, a five-foot chunk out of the top um, got blown on the one side of the wall. But it was enough to essentially look like it broke whatever enchantment was protecting this wall. Got it. Um, Rolled the one. Rangrim is back at it again with one HP. <laughs> you can have a health. Cosmo is with a strong two. And our, is a Glenn still on top of the wall, or did they actually nope. tumble over? Glenn is in front of you right now on the ground um, on top. Well, essentially, well, I don't know if you, you want. Uh, we can we can phrase it as he's on top of your daughter, but we can we can also phrase it other ways. Stroking her beard. A loving embrace. All right. Um, Rangrim is going to tackle 
regalia and shout to the rest of the party just run run Are you jumping on top of glenn who's on top of regalia i'm kind of just like bodying him off okay okay yeah and attempting to grapple her okay uh yeah roll me a uh essentially it's contested strength i believe right but i'm gonna give her a disadvantage because she's prone Ooh, that's bad that's not good 18 uh has a five <laughs> it's kind of like an 18. yeah just lower uh yeah you're able to you tackle and you're just you dove on top of regalia and you're holding her down and like her she's not wearing a mask it's it's completely your daughter's face though older like 50 years older and mm -hmm. uh her eyes are just that like dark black like there's no uh definition to them whatsoever and she is just absolutely like struggling she can't get to her weapons but she's just trying to get you off of her um and uh what do we rest of you do? i just don't know what to do but i think it's cosmos turn is it cosmos turn i know we're kind of in this like response part of uh um so basically i'm gonna kind of show a little bit so that they can kind of see because i want to ask After this door, this is, oh, I, I hate. Um, yes. After that door is into Tin Town? Yes, that is outside of the mine. That's daylight outside. That's daylight outside of the mine. Um, and the refugees are still in this middle section of all yes, of it, right? Yes, that door is closed. So if you want to get it open, they can go. Um, they have your permission at this point, so they just need the door opened. Got it. Um, and this one's a little bit different. This is not like, it's essentially like you just go to it and open it. It's not like it's a gate of any kind. Got it. So, okay. Does it, but it doesn't seem to hold it's, the uh, spiritual powers that the other one you did? Don't, you don't know. Nothing's don't know. ever gotten this far. Um, if it if it got permission to go through the first gate, it could pass through the second gate. But who knows? Or the if it got if it got past this gate, it always could get into the other gate. But you right. don't know what like whether or not it holds the same power. Um, okay. But it's these giant like just like mithril or whatever kind of like massive, massive doors that just close to the outside completely. They're not like a there's no going over them. It's just whole. Uh, with a door to the outside and if you seal it this thing is closed got it okay okay um so kind of like seeing what would what's happening yeah like cosmo would definitely um call for the at least one of those doors to be opened to allow the refugees and for the whole uh basically mine to be emptied at that point okay. for an evacuation the, the two guards run over the door and just like kind of make their way through and they uh hesitantly but they do it they push that door open uh wide with the two of them um enough well not wide but like enough where like people can start going through this mm -hmm. um and the refugees hesitantly at first and many of them probably uh oh, fuck, what time i never know what time Okay. This is all going on. 
It was okay. like the end of the day, if I remember, because it was like probably around dusk. Yeah. Yeah. So it is actually dark outside. So they're not having to shield their eyes. They're going out, and it, they it, they're obviously seeing like the stars above them for like probably the first time, any of them. Uh, and and they're but they're they're just barreling their way out and pushing in this massive crowd uh, out of these doorways as these guards kind of just like shepherd them through. Mm-hmm. And uh, after after a bit, like I mean as these things are going as they're going out these creatures are starting to get much closer to the wall and they're actually seems like there's more i'm not going to pop more of them onto the map right now but more of them are just you can see more of them coming out of the darkness and as they're coming out and like you you can see through this gate joro is just standing there and these things just kind of swarm around him and are, he's blocked from view as he just stands there and these creatures are just kind of just all with as much fury as possible and as fast as they can possibly go they're just barreling towards that hole in the in the gate uh glenn would look to rangrim who's i guess got her pinned and yeah, glenn's go rangrim you gotta let it go man when you get the hell out of here and like coughs up a large chunk of blood and rangrim is like pinning her down but he's like sobbing looking at his daughter and he just goes reggie it's papa reggie and is there any response from her at all that she recognizes him um roll me a i just i guess i want something a persuasion check i think would probably be a good one That is a 13. You look at her and you're looking into these eyes that are absolutely foreign to you. Like you don't, like they, the face is familiar, but the eyes are not. And you see this like, what would be imperceptible to most people, but this is your daughter. Like you know her and this, there's this like slight reaction, this almost like grimace in the face of like fighting something like, and and that's what you get just a little bit the tiniest thing that most people wouldn't even notice but you notice it and rangram in his last one hp moment leaning over his daughter he would just go you need to find it reggie and he takes off the red ribbon that he has wrapped around his hand which was hers and pins it to her chest casts enlarge on himself and throws her away towards gate two while he makes his way to gate one. Uh, so you're leaving, you're, you're throwing her, um, you're throwing her away from you. So north, like this way towards the hole, towards the hole. Yep. I'd be throwing her towards the hole with the ribbon I gave her and then booking it out. Okay. Uh, I picked up Glenn. That's not, um, okay, and Rangrim, who is now enlarged, uh, is going to head towards uh, out of the mine. Big boy. Big boy. Big boy Rangrim. Um, okay. Gl- is it Glenn's turn? Cosmo's turn? What are you doing? Uh, I absolutely got stuff I would do, but I don't know if we're in turn mode yet. Uh, these guards, by the way, they're they're kind of flanking. They're all moving over here. They're just waiting for everyone to get out, and they're shepherding the last of these uh, underdark, uh, these underdark denizens out of the mine at this point. And it's just you guys in there. Okay. 
Uh, as these things are, are literally like the hive mother is like tearing her way through and these things are actually climbing over the wall at this point. Um, and it seems like whatever was protecting them uh, and would have done damage to them in the past is no longer in effect. Uh, so as Rangram starts to run towards the gate, um, Glenn would be like kind of walking backwards, watching all this happen. Um, and sees Regalia still on the ground, like as she just got tossed. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would pull out another bomb and say, since you're so interested in these, and he sparks it and he just rolls it to her and he keeps just walking backwards. Like he keeps his eye on the hole. Hopefully Rangroom didn't see it, but I'm guessing he's <sighs> running the other way. Um, yeah, I. Uh, how much <laughs> damage is that again? Is it 2d6? 3d6. Are you rolling the damage? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I can let you roll it if you want me to. I just rolled extremely high. I rolled a six. You and rolled two high. Fives. That's great. <laughs> Perfect. Um, a six and two fives. Um, you you see uh, Regalia disappear into an explosion that kind of blasts her back against the wall um, as uh, and leaves a, a decent crater um, and actually takes out part of that rock that's right there and the well um, as she's kind of shot against this wall and and just kind of hits sideways and lands on the ground, um, still like kind of like wrapped in that in that ribbon with it around her. Um, and just like a dust cloud that's kind of obscuring that area now. And uh, that is what happens at Glenn, you're leaving too. Uh, yeah, I would start kind of like following, like pacing backwards. I'm not taking my eye off the hole, but I'm like okay. walking backwards, watching the hole, okay. watching like regalia. Uh, like Cosmo, what are you doing? Knows. Um, as this is happening, like, he would uh, look over to Glenn and say, Glenn, give me the bombs. And uh, Glenn would definitely toss him the bag. All right. Um, what are you thinking, Cosmo? Um, so as everybody is uh, running out, um, do I see a uh, do a, do I see a fire? Do I, uh, is... Yeah, there's actually a cooking fire directly behind you by this table. Okay. Um, all right. So I want to, as I'm running back towards the the gate and everybody's leaving, um, I want to try and grab maybe like a piece of wood that is burning from it. Yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, you pull. There's a. It's there's like the cross of logs underneath this uh, this cook fire, and you kind of pull one of the logs out, and it falls and like spills stew all over the ground or whatever the hell was cooking in there, um, and you have now have essentially a flaming log. Okay. Um, and standing from from here, um, who I'm basically going to uh, take. I'm I'm going to. Uh, take this like burning log uh, and um, um, uh, like I'm gonna just like open the bag of holding honestly Mm -hmm. I'm gonna Stick the log in there, and I'm gonna throw it at the hive mother. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so hold on. I think that there's a rule for this. One second. 
There's a rule for the bag holding breaking. Oh yeah, there is. Stuff definitely happens. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Uh, so Cosmo, you throw, you stick this this uh, log in there and you fucking throw this log and what essential are this this bag of holding and essentially you see it get through the air and it kind of collides with the hive mother and then just lands on the ground just kind of impotently and nothing happens and then you see time itself and space just go suck inwards into this into a from a 10 foot space around it and everything within that space um, of 10 foot radius just gets sucked into this uh, this hole that is essentially in space-time itself to the astral plane. And then it just is unmade. Half of the Hive Mother is just, like, gone in a second. And half the, like, the wall itself is missing. And actually, half of the supports of the walls that hold up this cave itself, um, it essentially cuts a big circular chunk in. And as that happens, you see this crack start cracking up the wall. And the roof itself starts kind of, like, falling in in pieces um and it's everything itself is kind of shaking around you what do you do um so i turn around is anybody left inside at um, this point it's it's uh if rangram and glenn have gone completely through then you're the only one left at this point other than the guards they're waiting for you to go um as i would turn i would basically like seeing everything happening I would turn around and just everybody out of the room and just like tell them to like run out the door and as I'm like running towards the front door I just like misty step through the front door yeah so as the um as these guards all are going um and uh so a little bit of a cinematic thing here like the guards are running through and Rangram and Glenn, you're on the other side and you're and you're seeing as these like chunks of the ceiling are just kind of falling in and this like it's just like is starting to pick up steam and they uh the, it just seems like this thing is collapsing behind you and Rangram that's probably pretty troubling for you in particular uh as Cosmo as this door like the guards on the other side are pulling it closed and just like throwing this these multitude of iron latches and steel and like locking it in all these different ways um and the, the whole the whole building shudders and the whole mind shudders and you as that happens like you're like oh my god did cosmo get stuck inside there and then you see him missy step and just appear on the other side of the door uh kind of skidding to a stop um as just this kind of like i mean the door is sealed completely and uh there's just silence Da, 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 da. Yeah, Glenn would look to the group and be like, guys, that was uh, a hell of an adventure. Rangrim, your daughters, and I hate to judge parenting with the absolute worst. I need to go take a bath and I just like turn. I don't address anybody. I just start walking up the mind. Are you making your way back to Luther's? I'm going to wherever I can get healed. But yeah, mainly towards Luther's. Um, Rangrim just stands up. 
coughs up a big old heap of blood and just follows Glynn without speaking. Um, where are the, uh, where are the refugees? Um, the refugees are all kind of standing, uh, kind of looking extremely uncomfortable around the entrance. Like they're, they don't really know where to go at this point. They're just standing in the opening. We can actually swap back to the, yeah. the Tin Town map if you have it ready. Oh, wrong um, one. But, um, I mean, it's the same one. It's the right one, really. It's just a little bit more zoomed out. Uh, so they're essentially just standing just to the, uh, just north of the Boulder Fist Mining Company in that kind of open area, uh, that is just there to the north in the dirt area, essentially where you fought Sigrid um, is where they're all kind of grouped now. And there's about 65 of them, uh, something like that. And they are don't really know what to do. Uh, they don't have a leader anymore. Joro uh, was still inside. So they don't really, they're just sitting there kind of looking extremely uncomfortable. A lot yeah. of them are actually probably looking up at the sky. Like I said, something that they have not seen before and looking around in wonderment, but also fear because... This is a place that has been essentially yeah. and kept from them for so long. Yeah. Um, I would kind of look over to the guards and just, uh, do we have anywhere for these people to stay for the night? Ten tents, shelter, anything of any kind. I, I think we can erect something. I, I we, I'll have to. We don't have any. Um, as far as the, the Boulder Fists don't have much room, uh, the Boulder Fist company doesn't have much room, but we can we can see if the Empire might have something and maybe between the, 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 the group, we might be able to pull something together. Um, there might be some vacant homes as well that could be, uh, we, could, we could find shelter for them, but I think that overall we can, we can find places for them tonight. Right, well, send word quickly to uh, Chesk and to Constable Chev, uh, then word, find places, find homes. We have to find somewhere for these people to seek shelter for the night. I will, uh, speak with them now and, uh, we'll figure something out. Of course, uh, right away. And you see them, uh, kind of go running up, um, up the Boulder Fist, uh, compound to over where you would know Chesk's, uh, essentially office or homestead to be okay um and then cosmo would basically kind of wander over towards the the refugees and uh he's just kind of obviously bloodied bruised tattered um barely hanging on um and uh would kind of address them as a group and uh just kind of scratching his head of just this certainly isn't how I imagined this day going. But, uh, you're out. And he just kind of tries to smirk. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of blood dribbles down your, uh, down your, out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, oh, keep going. Sorry. No, go. No, no, no. Uh, they, they don't really, um, I mean, they, they look at you and they're, like you hear like murmured thanks and, and uh, things of that sort, but like no cheer goes up. I think it's just a little bit more of a somber and like people are really in shock at this point. Um, but they're, uh, 
shortly at like shortly after this, like chest comes down. We don't have to RP this, um, but chest comes down, and uh, you can see that uh, uh, Constable Hunter is also like leading uh, a group of uh, soldiers down with all of whom are carrying different like kinds of canvas tents and uh you know they're they they seem to kind of like the the soldiers and the uh boulder fist militia get to work essentially erecting a kind of a ramshackle little uh, uh like campsite uh just kind of just up on this first step and then kind of around so like just up on not in the dirt road but on this like kind yeah. of more open steps anywhere mm -hmm. they can find space they're mm -hmm. essentially setting up these uh this little temporary encampment and okay. uh, people start kind of getting settled in and they're leading them over there um, as per your request. Okay. Um, before people kind of start wandering over, um, okay. uh, like Cosmo would really just kind of have this um, kind of downcast feeling of like, uh, it's not certainly how I wanted it to go. I, I don't know what happened to Joro, but uh, I want you to know as... The leader of the Boulder Fist Mining Company, you guys will be safe. I, you have my word. Uh, Tin Town will be your home. We'll, we'll find something for you. It, it feels weird. It feels, uh, abnormal. I, I reckon it's going to feel that way for some time. But uh, you will be cared for, and you will be looked after. And just kind of like motion to take them off and get them somewhere to stay for the night. Okay. That is really all I have. Um, we barely survived that. Can't. <laughs> it is. Are we? Are we back to? Are uh, Rangram and I back to the Luther's Legends by now? Yeah. Yeah, on in Cosmo, are you kind of following it behind them? Um or he would kind of else? he would kind of linger to make sure that they would get settled. Okay. Um, so you're, before, you're kind of overseeing this. Um yeah, he would kinda of like very yeah, very much like lingering to make sure that everything gets settled and everybody has a place to stay before before heading back. Okay. Uh yeah, so Glenn and Rangrim, uh you have some time. So with a, a crippling wound and like Rangrams, I'm guessing just kind of like mindlessly walking towards Luther's. Uh, I would, uh, Glenn would stop by Dos Dog and just kind of grab Rangram by the collar, real like stop him real quick and just order two and grab him, hand him one, and then keep walking with him. Cause I imagine our hangovers are kicking in right now as well. And like as I like hand it to him, I just look to him like, I don't know what we're going to do, man. That's the second time she's almost killed me. What do we need to do? I need to be better. And Rangram takes one bite of the hot dog. And just hands it back to the elf. And just keeps walking towards Luther's. Like, really sluggishly. He's trying to not put up the appearance that he's, like, basically dead. But he's really dragging his equipment behind him. Imagine there's like a trail of blood behind the both of us, and we're both too proud to like act yeah, like we're really hurting. We're all, yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, this this hangover is brutal. And I get to the get to the lever, and I open the door, and like we start going down the stairs, and like close the door behind me, slam shut, 
do I do we hear anything? Is Luther back? Um, you go into. I mean, it hasn't been that long since you were there. Uh, you were there like less it's only than a couple hours, six not hours even. ago. Yeah, since you since taking uh, or not six hours. I'm sorry, probably probably like ten hours at this point now. Um, but it's it's dark. Uh, but essentially at noon you left there to go take uh Cosmo down to fight Cigarette. It's uh, it's it's been a very long day, as many of your days have been. Uh, but no, the the this the room seems empty. Um, the torches are lit, but it doesn't seem like anyone's there. Okay. Um, just even in full clothing, like Lynn just steps into the tub thing and like sets his double blade scimitar on the side and just kind of like leans back and just like lets out the biggest exhale just to see where Rangrim goes and just like keeps his eye on Rangrim. Uh, Rangrim gets right down to the buff and gets right into the healing pool with Glenn. <laughs> and like does like tests. basically the same thing sitting across from him and just like leans his head back and just exhales a bit. And kind of as the, the hangover's hitting, just looks to him and goes, uh, you got anything else tucked in your beard we might be able to ease this pain with? And he just does pull out a cigarette and hands it over to Glenn. Glenn lights it and smokes it and kind of like goes into his trance, just like smoking the cigarette, staring at the ceiling. Just he, He's basically out. He's just asleep. Whatever elven sleeping is, he's in an elven trance. What are you, uh, yeah, what are you doing, Rangrim? Um, Rangrim is just deep in thought at this moment after he took that ribbon from his hand that was her Galia's that she used to tie in her hair, and he kind of stuffed that in her shirt when he threw her. And he's just kind of sitting there staring at the eye on his hand, just like flexing his hand, but very, very deep in thought about his own actions, you know, clenching his fist as well as bringing his hand up and touching his eye that he took out. And his thoughts are on his like family and his traditions and mm -hmm. hangs a lot on his grandfather at this moment. The hand has ceased to glow that that orange color, it has gone back to just looking like a, a brand essentially on your hand that is healed. Um, it's, it doesn't seem to be affecting you um, as it's uh, any at this time um, anymore. Um, but it's, you're probably feeling like this, like this thing by looking at it is this like connection to regalia and, um, and just, yeah, I mean, at this, at this time, like you don't know, like, whether the decisions that you made were right. You don't know whether like she's alive and it's uh, that's kind of um, what you're left with. And uh, as you're, as we kind of, um, as you kind of just sit there in the pool next to Glenn, who's uh, kind of just in his trance. After he gets enough of uh, rejuvenation from the healing pool, he would make his way towards one of the, like, the cause there were like quarters in there, right? Like uh areas to bed down and things like that yeah yeah you, you you i think you took one the night before actually he would um 
leave the pool and just tap Glenn on the shoulder, just like a firm, firm tap and just kind of like squeeze the shoulder a bit for a second before exiting the pool. And it seems really somber and honorable, but like Rangrim's like dong is like eye level. <laughs> and then he just makes his way back to his uh, quarters. Glenn would kind of wake up a little bit and like mage hand, just pat him on the back as he's walking. Like at, at once he's like 10 feet away, just pat him on the back again. Um, and he'd like lift his head up. And I don't know how long that time had been, but he would just kind of like say out loud, he's like, Shandrail, we, uh, I think we found our next mark. And he just lay his head back and kind of go back into his trance. Nice. uh cosmo yeah what are, you, what are you doing um once he sees everybody uh like is situated as far as refugee would head back to luther's um kind of meandering down and seeing that glenn and rangrim have kind of probably hunkered down by this point into sleep um glenn just straight sleeps in the tub that's that like that's that's where he sleeps yeah uh, no, I assumed that that's where uh, Glenn was taking his uh, long rest or whatever, trance. And um, he just kind of like, he notices them more. You know, I think Cosmo's feeling the sacrifices that he had to to make of putting people at risk and putting his companions at risk, you know, of... Glenn, who he feels doesn't have, maybe he doesn't have a ton of ties net here in Tin Town, but still put his life at risk. You know, uh, Rangrim, one of his newest friends, who his daughter is out there somewhere and chose to defend Tin Town um, on his behalf of really just that way is weighing heavy on him tonight. Uh, the sacrifices that they made and um, putting themselves in harm's way. Uh, kind of feeling that level of responsibility for that for some reason. Um, would pass out hard. So. Face first. <laughs> boom. So, that's it. Glenn, you're you're in the tub and you're in your trance, and um, you probably don't even feel it. Um, but we see, I guess, as an audience, the uh, um, the coin that's in your pocket uh, just starts burning that bright orange, and you can kind of see it through uh, through the water um, as you're in your trance. And uh, with that, we'll uh, end the episode. We had a bag of holding for a minute. For All just right. a slight minute, we had Sorry. <laughs>